You can do some crazy things these days to computerize and control your home. Seems like we're living in the future, but so-called smart homes are just getting started. On this episode of the Zing Podcast, we talk to Adam Justice, Vice President and General Manager of ConnectSense, a leading home automation company. He'll explain what's involved in turning your dumb home into a smart home and what it means for your wallet. Ready to connect everything in your home to the internet? We'll weigh the pros and cons, so stick around. From beautiful downtown Detroit, Michigan, this is the Zing Podcast from Quicken Loans. Well, hello, everybody. It's the Zing Podcast. Sean T. Johnston here with Miranda Crace. Got a good one in store for us today, Miranda. You excited about this? Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So we're talking about smart homes, and I got to be honest, for a guy that's sort of like a gadget person, I like computers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. This is just one area that I have not really paid much attention to, and it's it's crazy what you can do these days. Yeah, it really it really is, and I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I haven't really delved into it yeah. too far, um, but yeah, just reading all the blogs and things that you can do and... It's pretty incredible what people thought was so far off in the future. It, it's here. You can have a fully functioning smart home. That's what's really funny is like you'll watch uh, you watch shows like Star Trek, The Next Generation. I'm a huge Trekkie. <laughs> and some of the things that you'll, yeah, that's really yeah, surprising. Yeah. Uh, so some of the things that uh, you'll see them do like in the 23rd century is stuff like, oh, yeah, we, we can do that in 2016. It's, yeah. it's crazy. So there's a lot of technologies out there. There's a lot of things that we can do. There's a lot of implications about uh, putting your your home on the on the internet there. So to help us sort it all out, uh, we've invited uh, Mr. Adam Justice. He's the vice president and general manager of ConnectSense, a leading home automation company. Adam, how you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, it's our pleasure. I got to tell you, it's it's great to have somebody that has such an you know, broad-based understanding of what uh, home automation is. Can you just help us understand, like, first of all, very high level, uh, when people are saying the term smart home, like, what does that mean in, in, in in your words? Generally, it means some sort of connected device living in your home. So... Uh, you know, in some ways, smart home has been going on slowly here for many years. I would consider one of my first kind of smart devices that I had was like a TiVo over 10 years ago because mm-hmm. it was a connected device. But um, now we're starting to see, you know, a lot more automation and things talking to each other and really what starts to feel like a, a smarter home. You know, right now, sometimes it's just as simple as, you know, Wi-Fi or Bluetooth connected device that you can control from your smartphone. Yeah. Smartphone. Yeah. yeah. So, and, you know, obviously we're not talking about like your your portable devices, your your iPhones, and your, your, we're talking about things in your home that are connected to each other that you can control. So, uh, you know, we, we talked about TiVo, obviously, and I, I'm with you. I'm, you know, getting into the whole DVR thing was was kind of a big step. So what are what are some of the things right now that people are using? Like, what are the main uh, tenants of a smart home? What are some of the things that are out there right now that people can buy that are kind of mainstream? Yeah, I would say, you know, the main categories of devices that are smart right now are thermostats. Okay. We saw a big momentum with that with Nest a few years ago. Smart outlets or smart plugs are another big one, as well as smart cameras seem to be a a major category as well. And then there's, you know, a whole host of other smart devices, you know, from locks to smoke detectors and washing machines, refrigerators. I mean, it... The, the list is, uh, you know, pretty large, but those are some of the staples right now. 
So Sean and I mentioned before, we haven't really gone too far into the smart home area ourselves. So for kind of a novice like us, what would you recommend if like someone wanted to build a smart home? Like where would they start? What would you start with? I think the best way to start around a smart home is to really think about, you know, what's something I want to automate in my house? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just kind of think on one core problem or, you know, even something that would be uh, kind of a nice to have. I really think just start with something easy and kind of get a feel for what home automation feels like. So, you know, this can be as simple as kind of a smart plug that controls a light that, you know, you hate to get up out of bed and turn off every night or something like that. These are kind of little problems you can solve. And I think once you get a great experience with that one thing that you solve, then you're going to want more home automation in your life. For some people, it might be something where they want to save money. So that might make sense to go down the thermostat or, you know, one of the other paths. But I kind of recommend for people to pick something easy and not very difficult to install and yeah. solve that one little problem. That's great that you bring that up because, you know, me personally, I think uh, the the Nest or whatever, I'm sure there's a lot of competitors out there, but a smart thermostat, that's such a great idea because, I don't know about you, Miranda, but the one that I've got in my house, it's you, you need some sort of engineering degree in order to figure out how to program this thing. I'm a reasonably intelligent person. <laughs> I can't figure it out. So the Nest seems, you know, obviously anything that you can control from your smartphone, you can automate it. So one thing that you just talked about, Adam, like some of these other things that are sort of easy, low-hanging fruit, how do the plugs work and what are some other things that people can maybe uh, look into if they just kind of want to dip their toe into the uh, into the world of smart home automation? Yeah. So, I mean, we have a smart outlet that works with Apple's HomeKit ecosystem. Okay. You know, one of the focuses for that product was to really make it as simple and easy and kind of non-obtrusive to install. So I think something like that, where you can automate lights or a fan or, you know, anything you can plug in and turn on and off, you know, that's really, you know, not a lot to install it. It's a couple minute process. It's easy enough that most people can do it. And if you know how to work your smartphone, you should be able to install it. So something like that is a lot less to take on than, you know, something like a thermostat where you're dealing with wires. Yeah. a whole big installation. Yeah, I think we're going to hold off until we've got a 32-year uh, furnace in our house right now <laughs> that we're just like waiting for that to go before we do the Nest. But I know that's that's one thing I'm on the top of my list. Yeah, and you mentioned before that some people do it to save money. Sometimes it's a, a convenience thing. What are kind of some of the benefits that you see to smart home technology and getting some of those automated products? I think there's definitely energy and money saving things and you know that can be a big reason to do it but i think you can't downplay the kind of convenience and also just kind of fun aspects of it some of it might seem a little silly at first but you know i always said i was sold on my nest thermostat the first time i didn't have to get out of bed to uh to turn up the heat in, yeah. in winter because i'm i live in chicago so it's cold here in winter and boy was that a wow So, you know, even things like that that feel silly, you know, over time, I think it adds up and it's really nice and convenient to have things like that that are more comfort kinds of technologies. So aside from the convenience, obviously, that that's a big part of what we're talking Mm -hmm. about here. But it does sound like there are some practical financial. I mean, another thing like we just talked about the uh, inability to program your standard thermostat. If you have a nest or something like that, you can sort of make it so that it's a little cooler when nobody's in the house and then boost that up. So you can you can actually save some money uh, using these products as well, correct? 
Yeah, I think there's definitely an accessibility and a reachability stance to all of it. Anything that's connected, you know, usually you can get to from outside your home. Yeah. And also by being connected, yeah, you don't have to be at the physical device and you can use things like apps to kind of control them. So the interface in an app, you know, may be much, uh, much simpler than, you know, what's in, uh, what's on the actual device. So... One thing that I know a lot of people are a little cagey about when it comes to uh, installing quote unquote smart devices is this notion of security. And that's one thing that pretty much anytime you connect a device to the internet, you know, you have the potential for floodgates of, uh, you know, hackers and so forth to be. What, how does that work in terms of home automation technologies? Are they still sort of vulnerable to uh, cyber attacks or hackers? Or, you know, I, I read this one thing that there's this website that. Uh, Russian hackers have a list of like baby cameras that uh, you can. Oh gosh, that's terrifying! Isn't that crazy? And they can actually like hack in. You can watch babies while they sleep, and not to not to be creepy, but it's like that kind of stuff is is a possibility. So, how does that work in terms of home automation? Uh, what are the security implications, and how do people keep their homes safe from uh, people with nefarious intentions? So I think for a consumer here, you really want to make sure that you're doing your research and working with reputable companies. And it's also a thing where, you know, you kind of get what you pay for. If you're buying a off-brand, you know, camera <laughs> from some, you know, no-name Chinese company, you're going to end up with something where, yeah, the, the Russian hackers can get into your camera <laughs> because it's something where they just made it cheap and they don't, you know, worry about security or things like that. But, you know, your reputable brands have a lot of security in mind and, you know, are really building these products with security in mind from the beginning. Our products work on the Apple HomeKit ecosystem, which actually has hardware encryption between the end device and the mobile phone. So that makes sure that all of that data is very highly encrypted, you know, bank level technology. Okay. And that those devices are not susceptible to hackers and things like that. So I think a little research goes a long way. And if you work with reputable brands like, you know, Nest or ourselves or some of the other major players in this space, you'll make sure you get a secure product. So something I've heard about kind of within this whole smart home thing is creating scenes in your home, like creating a good night scene or a good morning scene. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like what does that look like really sure so this is something especially in apple HomeKit, which is the technology we integrate with that they feature which is scenes is a way to control multiple devices all at one time so in HomeKit, you can set up you know good morning good night i'm leaving i'm home as well as any number of custom scenes so in that you know good night scene you can say um, when I tell Siri good night, then I want the garage to close, the doors to lock, oh, wow. the lights to turn off, the thermostat to turn down, all in one action. So, like, I would literally just tell my phone good night, and all of that would happen for me. Yes. That's what I want. <laughs> that, isn't that what we all want? I mean, that's that's nuts. I can't even believe that. I. You know, that kind of stuff to me seems science fiction, but I'll bet, Adam, as somebody who works so closely in this industry, there's probably things being developed that would blow that out of the water. So as a as an industry expert, what are some of the things, some of the home automation technologies that are, that are coming down the pike that you might be uh, interested or our listeners might be interested in knowing are kind of on the horizon here? I think, you know, getting connected is really the first step. And then you have these ecosystems like 
Apple HomeKit. You know, Google has something called Brillo and Weave that's a similar technology. Nest has some stuff going. So that starts to bring people into one ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And I think from, you know, where you can control multiple devices at once. And I think from here, you're going to start to have devices that are talking to each other and just kind of, you don't have to necessarily pull out your smartphone and control them. They're just anticipating your needs as you move throughout your house throughout the day. Wow. So that's what we talk about as more of the conscious home where you kind of just live in it and it's <laughs> going to get to learn your habits and what you want at what time. And, um, you know, so then your alarm clock tells your shower to turn on, tells your coffee maker to uh, get started and things like that. And you just go about your day and your home's going to adapt to be comfortable for you. Until at some point you piss it off and it's going <laughs> to have the temperature in your shower be scalding and it's going to lock you into your bedroom. And All it would have to do for me <laughs> is just not brew the coffee. Right. <laughs> then yeah, that, that's, that's <laughs> my whole day would right be ruined. There. That's your weakness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got the Skynet in your house trying, <laughs> trying to usurp your, uh, oh man, that's that's just nuts. So tell us, uh, Adam, we're kind of running out of time here. Tell us about ConnectSense. What do you guys offer there? What are some of the things that uh, you bring to the table? So yeah, at ConnectSense, we're focused on building, you know, kind of like we talked about, those great initial experiences with smart home technology. So getting started there, we built a smart outlet that works with Apple's HomeKit. And uh, we also have a really killer smart home app that works with any of the Apple HomeKit devices as well. So it allows you to set up scenes and rules so you can, you know, kind of trigger if this, then that type stuff. Wow. And uh, we're focused on building other devices in that ecosystem to provide, you know, wow experiences in the smart home world. And if somebody wants to uh, take a look at all the technologies that you have at uh, ConnectSense, where can they go? Go to ConnectSense.com or also check out our YouTube show at YouTube.com slash ConnectSense. And see it in first person. Well, you know, through a computer, but kind of first person. Yeah, you can actually <laughs> visualize what uh, we're talking about. So, Adam, I want to thank you very much. Uh, we've been talking with Adam Justice. He's the vice president and general manager of ConnectSense, talking a little bit about uh, home automation. Sounds like know what you want to automate, start off with something simple, and then uh, make sure that you uh, buy quality technologies there. We don't want uh, Russian hackers uh, controlling your home. Definitely. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you very much, Adam. You know, there's something pretty cool that we're doing here at Quicken Loans. It's called Rocket Mortgage, and it's the first completely online way to get a mortgage approval. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. So basically, we've taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts about applying for a mortgage, yeah. like getting your paperwork together, oh, finding bold pay stubs. the worst. I know, right? But we've automated the process. It's really simple, fast, and convenient. You can even do it on your phone. You know, and that's, that's just amazing. It takes just like a few minutes. And when you think about all the dumb stuff you do on your phone every day, this is actually something really cool and really amazing. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or even buy a home, check out rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Rocket. <laughs> Let's take a moment to thank all the folks who made the Zing podcast possible. Natalie Ness, our producer, Justina Kopaz is our project manager, and Leah Castile did everything technical. We also want to thank some folks on the Quicken Loans creative team, Rob Frapier, Heath Stouffer, and Sean Pavlishin. Rhonda McGill is our legal lady. Rhonda, where's that disclaimer you wanted? The persons or firms represented in this podcast are meant for informational purposes only, and the information provided is not intended to be considered as a recommendation or an endorsement by Quicken Loans. 
please do your own research before making any decisions regarding the hiring of any professional. Equal Housing Lender, licensed in all 50 states. Nationwide Mortgage Licensing System number 3030. Don't forget about all the great stuff happening on the Zing blog. You can find hundreds of articles covering everything from home, money, to lifestyle by visiting quickenloans.com slash blog. You can also check us out on social media. Like, tweet, repin, and favorite Quicken Loans on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and Instagram. We'll be back soon with another edition of the Zing Podcast. But for now, from all of us here at Quicken Loans, this is Sean T. Johnston. And Miranda Crace. Thanks for listening.